D. Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. As always, the Unnamed Soccer Podcast brought to you by Three Punk Ales. They're in Chula Vista. It is also brought to you by Sport Clips, where it is good to be a guy. My name is Jordan. His name is Darren. We host a podcast. We've done so for like six years. What's happening, D. Smith? That was, uh, that was really a funny way to get into the pod. My like name that? is Jordan. His name is Darren. I felt like we were watching the beginning of like a 70s sitcom. Like, hey, this is Jordan. This is Darren. Uh, Nothing's happening. I'm just sort of scrolling through the internet and looking at a headline from Soccer America that says much maligned Giassi Zardis is in the best form of his career for a first place Columbus crew side. Good. Like, yeah, good. Miguel Berry gets to stay longer. That yeah, sounds perfect. Great. Go, go Zardis. Yeah, this is a great time for him to impress for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Chris Garcia. I didn't mean it. Yeah, that's sorry, good news, said, though, Sorry, Miguel Berry. We, we don't mean to create any sort of conflict between you and your teammates. But, you know, hey, if Zardis is going to continue to play well, two things are going to – one of two things is going to happen. Either they'll say, well – we don't know when we'll see this again, so we should either trade him or we should just play him. Either way, I wonder what that means for Miguel Berry. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I'm, I mean, I think uh, teammates want to support each other. He, he probably wants Zardes to be phenomenal. So that's good. I like it. Hey, did you see what happened to Arlo White over the weekend? Did I see what happened to Arlo White over the weekend? I, I have a feeling yeah. once you remind me, it'll click. I don't know it off the top of my head, though. I think he got stung by a wasp live on the air. Oh. Has that has anything like that ever happened to you in your years and years and years of broadcasting? Um, well, I had a, a cat puke just the other day while I was broadcasting from my house, since we're still broadcasting from home during quarantine. I don't know that I ever had anything attack uh, me, though, or uh, sting me or bite me. I can't think of that. Sometimes when you're – I had a Syracuse fan when I was in college start verbally assaulting us while we were doing a St. John's Syracuse basketball game at Madison Square Garden to the point where my on-air – there were three of us. We were running a three-person broadcast, and one of the other broadcasters popped the dude right in the face while we were on the air broadcasting a basketball game. Yeah. okay yeah we we were up in the rafters obnoxious syracuse basketball fan just started chirping 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 he's like we're just getting our asses kicked you know which was a very common thing and he just was like you guys suck you guys suck and pow just popped him clocked him right there while we were on the air and then security tossed the guy out well that all happened on the air that's fair well uh arlo got stung by a wasp apparently he was yeah, doing – I don't think it was for NBC. I don't think that's what he was doing. He was, I think, on the radio, if I remember correctly. I think that's what his tweet had said. But he threw it out career first. Stung by a wasp live on the air. Now, we've kind of – speaking of being uh, in danger on the air, we almost get hit on the pre-match show every single week, it seems like. Yes. Um, it's getting that worse. That is – it's inevitable, Darren. One of us is going to get clocked in the head, the back of the head. Um, on the air and that video is going to live forever. And I don't know how I feel about that. 
I know. And you just, you never live that down. You know, you just never, ever really live that down. Do you, that you you end up everything, all local news shows, it just becomes this thing on the, it lives forever on Twitter. Yeah. I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. We only have one scheduled match to go at Torero stadium. So I feel like it's getting a little froggier around there, especially when they bring in Miguel Berry and Rubio. And yeah, lately it's been a different story. Yeah, that last match, dude, it was distracting. I don't know what the audience could or couldn't see when we were broadcasting a match day live on SD Loyal Facebook, but I could see it out of my peripheral vision. I know our camera dude, Calvin, is scared to death that a soccer ball is going to destroy his equipment. And, like, you could just see people scrambling. You could hear them going into the bushes. And there's just I, – I mean, it's tempting to turn around and say, what is happening back here? But uh, obviously that would be completely unprofessional. And as everybody knows, Jordan and I are professional. So uh, I, I feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit uh, – I'm anticipating that at some point that happens. Um, we will get blasted in the head. There's no question about it. We will get hit. We actually might be safe, uh, more safe on the Phoenix side of the field during warmups um, in that final match, which is saying something. I'm not saying we'll be safe over there. We'll probably get – clocked sitting on that side as well but lately it seems like uh, the shots are a little bit different on that pre-match show we're i would rather get hit by a soccer ball i guess than stung by a wasp live on the air like that's good on arlo white for getting through that i can't imagine that was easy for him and and i gotta uh confess that i am one of those weirdos i don't do critters really well like not an insect kind of person i've got a pretty major uh, aversion to them. So I'm the dude that if the bee starts even flying in my general vicinity, somewhere in my space, I totally spaz out. You know, I start waving my arms all around and start, you know, getting a really, really weird, creeped out look on my face. Like it's just, it's a, it's a bad look and I know it and I admit it. So if a wasp even comes into my area, you know, you and I have the three table set up. If that happens, mm-hmm. I, I'm in full freak out mode and you know, I, I don't, I don't know that this was a sneak attack. I don't know that Arlo was uh, professional and, and maintaining his composure while the wasp may have been buzzing around and he just thought to ignore it because it won't decide to, to bug him. No pun intended. Or, you know, if this was just something that uh, happened here and uh, until it, it bit him or stung him, he was unaware of its presence. But if I even sense that it's somewhere in the vicinity, dude, it's like a vapor trail. Like I'm out of there. I, I've got all sorts of issues with that. You saw it. We had a moth up in the press box for the last match against Orange County. And that thing started buzzing around, and that's a moth. And you saw that that I had uh, a bit of a panic attack. So I, I don't like You almost jumped around. out of the window, Darren. They, dude, almost... they creep me out, man. I don't like that shit flying around because it always fucking flies into your face. It always flies in, like, your ear. You know, and, and I, I just I, – I can't have that, man. I, I mean, I'm not about it. Um, if there were cameras on you and I during the final 10 minutes of that match against Phoenix while we were at Stone, it probably looked oh. like we were getting stung by wasps over and over again. The movements and the reactions we had over and over. I'm still like kind of coming down from those, that, that final 10-minute stretch where you're playing down a man, you have your backup keeper in there, and things are looking pretty shaky there. I, I'm still kind of feeling it. That was not easy to get through, and somehow SD Loyal survived it. What a win. Phoenix rising two goals and SD loyal three. 
picking up three points away when you absolutely positively had to have it, whether you really believe that Loyal would go in there and walk out victorious with all three points, not only keeping their playoff hopes alive, but really significantly boosting their odds, which we'll get to here in a little bit. But uh, what a performance from Rubio Rubin in that first half. But you're right. I mean, this to me is quintessential what we love about the sport. And when we talk about it with people who are not fans of the sport, they often are like, I don't really get it. What is it that you guys see? And that was it. There was so much drama in that match heading down the stretch just because of some of the circumstances of being in Phoenix where they don't lose. They were 6-0 and at home, Phoenix Rising was. This is a ridiculously good attacking squad. They score goal after goal after goal. They've got two players who are candidates right now who are in the running for the golden boot in the USL. So like they, it comes at you from every different direction. And, you know, loyal, then we know second half there's, there, it, there's going to be a time where they just need to Katie bar the door and try to figure this out. John Kempen goes down. He needs to be replaced. It, 10 minutes of stoppage time, a ridiculous amount. Like what was that? Grant Stoneman gets, uh, second yellow card, sees red, he's taken off. You're down a man. Your backup keeper's not inspiring you at all. They give up a goal almost immediately after Kempen is replaced, and they walk out of there. Jordan, I, I don't know. I, I mean, listen, going to the postseason obviously would be an amazing accomplishment here, season number one for SD Loyal. That said, I, I just – I'm struggling to think, like, how is it going to get better than what it was that we just saw with Loyal going in there and beating Phoenix Rising? I don't know. That's a pretty high bar to have to clear here for the remainder of the regular season and even into the postseason. I kind of was talking about it on the pre-match show, I remember. If there was a match in these final three, now there's only two left, but going into it, the final three, if there was a match that you were probably going to drop points, it was the one in Phoenix. For, For Loyal to go in, and actually get all three in that match was it, it had to have been surprising to a lot of people around the league, I would imagine. Like that, that's something that really catches attention. So for it to be yeah. that one, to, to start it that way, to get three points in Phoenix, knowing that you still get Phoenix at home, and theoretically that should be a little bit easier, not easy, but easier than playing in Phoenix. You've already collected three. Um, all the attention now from a player's perspective is on Los Angeles, clearly. Uh, because they're pretty much in playoff mode at this point. They know going into every single match they have to win, so they don't have a lot of room for error. And in that final 10 minutes, a goal by Phoenix, it doesn't eliminate them from the playoffs completely, but it's a massive blow. And we don't have the numbers that we're talking about. What is it, 23% from Mm -hmm. 538? So it skyrockets. Going into the match, it was like 6%. Thanks to Vegas not doing anything, it jumped to 12 from before that. So it went from 12 down to 6, and now 6 up to 23% overall. There was so much on the line in those final 10 minutes, and you are just holding on for dear life. It must have been a really fun flight home for those guys to get all three in that one with, with, with still another match against Los Angeles and then the home match against Phoenix. It, it really does put SD Loyal in a spot where they can find themselves um, taking that second playoff spot from this group. And this team talented enough to do anything in the playoffs, just get them into the tournament. I don't think anyone wants to play this team right now. Clearly, they just knocked off Phoenix and Phoenix. Who wants to play them? That's a team no one else wants to see in the playoffs. So if they find a way to get in, look out. 
Um, there's still some work to do, but wow, they, they've really set themselves up to actually get themselves into this dance. What a moment. I mean, just what a moment. And, and to take you inside of Stone Brewing Liberty Station, where Jordan and I were doing Match Day Live, we, you know, listen, every fan of the sport knows that you have these kind of conversations with yourself. Like you, you want to win. You want to win the match, right? You want to win, pick up all three points, especially as important as it is. But you almost start negotiating with the soccer gods to a certain extent where you're like, well, just don't lose, you know, just don't lose. Like, you know, I guess I can live with a draw here. I guess I can live with a draw. There's 10 minutes of stoppage time and it's Jake Fenlison in there. And now Grant Stoneman has been sent off. So, you know, just don't lose, you know, just, just at the very least walk out of there with a draw. And, you know, we were having that conversation. You know, we were sitting and watching. Uh, it was Jordan. It was me. Uh, it was a couple of du- uh, dudes from the club, Sean and Pete. Uh, they've been great to us, our, um, our engineer, Calvin. And, like, we were having these – you know, I don't know that we ever said that out loud, but I will tell you, I was thinking about it. I was like, just don't lose. Like, you just – this would be so gutting to lose this match. You know, I, I, I started thinking, would you take a draw? You know, like, right going into stoppage time, I was like, would you take a draw? Were you thinking about that as well? I mean, I certainly was. Ten minutes against Phoenix there – and, and, you know, they're bringing on uh, Solomon Asante. Like, what a weapon to have off the bench coming in there late. And that one, you know, Yeah, that keeper, didn't make me feel any better. No, I mean, just, yeah, he's the golden boot winner from last year. It's ridiculous, you know, the kind of firepower that they have. Did that cross your mind? Because I will tell you, it crossed mine. It, I mean, of course it crosses your mind. I'm surprised that they were able to hold off Phoenix in those final 10 minutes. That was chaos. That mm. was absolute chaos. Even uh, Phoenix scoring and then having the officials just reset it and play right. on so much confusion. The reps in this league are absolutely wild. I mean, it's, they deserve an entire segment on the pre-match show. Now that I'm thinking of it, we need to start scouting these refs a little bit because it's just something new every single match. I can't imagine what it's like for Landon and for Nate Miller to, <laughs> to deal with this stuff with so much on the line. Um, having to deal with such a wild card like USL refs, it's, it, it can't be fun. I mean, I'm surprised they were able to hold it off. I'm really glad they were, but it was chaos, man. And and now, I mean, it's not a mentality that any players will have, but it does provide them potentially with a little bit of wiggle room. Like 6% versus 23% is is a different story. And now is it likely that they get in at this point? No. But if for whatever reason, let's say they beat LA and then draw Phoenix in that final one and still have an opportunity to get in. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this allows them a little bit of wiggle room for, a, for something in their final two. They want to win both. That gives them their best chances. I get it. But we'll see what happens. They feel yeah. like they needed to win the last, what, they've won, they want to win like five in a row to finish the season, clearly, because that's the winning streak that they could finish with. So they want to just keep it going. They've won three in a row. They have two more to go. And their mentality there is you got to take all of them, and they're good enough to do it. Can you beat Phoenix twice? Uh, that's a beat them once. Beat them once. once. I mean, yeah. so you're already I mean, halfway I, there. Now you just I have would another think ninety to go. Yeah, some of that obviously is going to depend on health, which I know we'll get to here in a second. And you know, listen, yeah. from time to time, you and I have talked on. Uh, I don't know who comes up with these power rankings for the USL Championship website. Uh, I mean, I don't know, and I, I. It's actually Stanford, my dog. Okay. Uh, well, Stanford he submits them is, on Sunday evenings. He's a very good dog, and, you know, this is for what this is worth, which is nothing. But, you know, for me, I pay attention to it just because 
it's a way to familiarize yourself with the league. I, I'd be, I'm not a USL championship expert at all, but you know, I'm learning more and more about the league. So for whatever it's worth, whoever comes up with these rankings felt good enough about SD loyal Jordan, that if you look at this week's power rankings on the USL's own website, want to take a guess who the top team in group B is uh, according to the rankings. Um, well, I mean, if you're just going to go off of what we just saw, San Diego beat Phoenix. So San Diego, clearly the best team in the group. San Diego is uh, currently eighth in the power rankings. They have climbed up four spots. They are six, four and four, six wins, four draws, four losses. It says here, San Diego Loyal doesn't have control over its destiny in group B, but you can imagine any team that wants to take on this squad with the momentum it's building. If it does find a way into the playoff, nobody wants to face them. Phoenix. Hey, that's what I said. Yeah, Phoenix is 10. LA Galaxy, is- who we'll see on Wednesday night, is 14. Orange yeah, County Phoenix is- as the 10th best team in USL. <laughs> yeah, Orange County is sunk to 20th. <laughs> and uh, Las Vegas Lights is uh, around uh, infinity. I don't know where they are. They're just they're brutal. Yeah, so they've been relegated. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. They should. Hey, at some point, that will be a real subject of uh, conversation at the USL level will be promotion and relegation. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I think it's sort of silly, but it goes to show you like how big of a win was it? Like how, how, you know, how, how is a win like that viewed when Phoenix hasn't lost again? I think this is sort of silly. I mean, I tend to believe that Phoenix has been a better club all season. They've been a better team all year. And for that, that's how I would make my own power rankings. The 10th best team I yes, but it so just fuck out of here. They noticed that win, like that was a really, really big win, and that resonated with people in this league. That's not something that you see very often. Phoenix dropping points, all three points at home. So you know, to SD Loyal's credit, they got a lot of people who paid attention to them, and I think that the analysis is right. That you know, you can't imagine that any team is going to want to take on SD Loyal with Rubio, Rubin, Miguel Berry. Alejandro Guido, et cetera, et cetera, the way it has played over its last five matches, specifically to its last three, three straight wins. Yeah, so uh, all the good, lots of good from Stone, lots of good in Phoenix, celebration, excitement. Like, this is what we signed up for. This is, these are the moments that you get when you get a club in town. Like, this is the experience that you really look forward to, and you're on the positive end of it. Um, unfortunately, John Kempen leaves with an injury. I don't know what's going to happen with Kevin. I hope he's available. He's the best goalie in USL. San Diego are about to play the two most important matches they've ever played in club history. I want Kempen out there. Hopefully he's okay, but that was definitely notable um, as he had to leave with an injury late. I think he's arguably been the best player all season for yeah. SD Loyal. And, you know, listen, I, I know – he was on his way, Jordan, to, uh, to perhaps doing something that uh, would make the record books for this league. He was in a position to be uh, the uh, best goalkeeper in USL history, right? Which is saying something. Now, I say was as if it's past tense, and I know for sure that he's not going to play again. I don't know that. But as you and I are recording here on a Tuesday, and we're getting set to watch him play on a Wednesday away at LA Galaxy – Another uh, huge matchup. I'd be hard-pressed based on what it was that we saw on Saturday night. I'd be really, really hard-pressed to think that we're going to see John Kempen Wednesday night against Galaxy. Now, the good news is you don't have to play this weekend, so it would be another seven days. But just based on what we saw, Kempen goes down. 
bit of a it looked like a uh, grab in the groin area, the groinal crotchal region, uh, and then trying to get up and play, and then you know falling down in a heap. It was sort of heartbreaking to watch it, but I think we've all seen enough sports to know uh, probably not probably not a player who we'll expect to see on Wednesday night against LA Galaxy 2, which you know, leaves Loyal with some, some very, uh, I, I don't think they're great choices for what to do in goal against LA Galaxy 2. I don't know that that was uh, inspirational with Fenlison. We even saw it a little bit when, when, um, when Kempen was out. You know, I mean, who was it? You know, who, who was it? Was it Austin? Was it Jake? So uh, I don't know that there are great options here, but I think, again, we've, we've seen enough sports to know that that player being taken out the way he was, uh, that doesn't just seem like something that, that uh, heals up here in a handful of days. No. I didn't know you went to medical school. The groinal injury. Yeah. I don't think my heart can handle going through two more matches with what happened in those final 10 minutes. If, if, that's, if that's the option, I don't know. That, that's going to make me pretty nervous. These are the two, two biggest matches in club history coming up. Each one gets bigger and bigger as we get closer to the end of the season. And the chance it feel like that? seems like, to like, continue to grow. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it feels like, like three each straight. match is bigger. It's yeah. building. I feel like we've been in the playoffs. They've kind of been playoff games. I mean, when your season's on the line and you know what happens if you lose against the teams that you're trying to track down, not that you're going to track down Phoenix – but when you're trying to track down LA Galaxy 2 and you're trying to t- track down Orange County, those are, those are massive swings. Those are six-point swings. And you know, knowing that it's still very much uphill for Loyal, like you could imagine what it would be like if you dropped one of those against the clubs that you're chasing here. So we talked about it on, the, on the pre and post. And I, I mean, I keep looking at it. I, I really do think this. Like, it's not impossible. Like, it, I mean, it's not probable. But, you know, it's not unrealistic. Sometimes, you know, when, you, when you're trying to come up, like, with your favorite team to, you know, end up in a position, you know, to go and uh, let's say you're a fan of the Premier League and you're like, oh, well, if this and this and this and this and this, and you start thinking about all these different scenarios, like, you've lost reality. You know what I mean? Like, crazy things happen in sports. It's totally unpredictable, which is what we love. Yeah, but you don't hit the 10-team really, parlay very often. Exactly. You don't need a 10-team parlay here. I mean, it's certainly possible. I mean, I think it's probable that Phoenix Rising is going to beat Orange County this weekend. There's a little bit of revenge there for Phoenix. You know, they've dropped uh, two different uh, – lost in a draw earlier this year. Plus, they want to clinch a playoff spot. They don't want to be messing around here down the stretch, probably smarting. Like, I think Loyal, obviously the Kempen injury is a, is a big deal. We know Loyal can go into Los Dos, uh, into Carson and win. And then, you know, what's to say that Galaxy and Orange County can't have a draw when they face each other? So, you know, like all of this stuff, we're not – we're done expecting fucking Vegas lights to do anything. You know, they're still factored in. They get to play at home against Los Dos. But, you know, for the most part, you know, yeah. I, I think that everything is is – you know, it's – you look, you go, hey, I'm not asking for anything that's out of the realm of possibility here or anything that would be a shocking upset in, in the USL. Everything to me seems uh, very, very plausible uh, for a path to be created that puts Loyal second in Group B and into the postseason. Um, the reason, well, there's obvious reasons. No Kempen kind of makes you nervous for the final yeah. two. Kempen being the best goalie in USL history, as stated earlier. 
but also the fact that your final two matches are against Los Dos and Phoenix. Those are the two highest scoring teams in this group. So you're, you're taking on the best offenses yeah. in, in the group for the final two. So I don't expect three, nothing to happen again. Like you're not going to beat Los Dos three, nothing every single time that team scores goals, like getting a clean sheet against them is that's Kempen right there. You know, like Kempen's a big deal with that. So it, it makes you nervous if Kempen's not available. That's for sure. Yeah. There's no way around that. It makes you nervous for the final two if Kempen's not there. So it's the yep. Phoenix has scored 38, Los Dos 22. That's what, 60 goals? 60 goals in 27 matches. It's a lot of goals. They score a lot. And so I want, I want as good as it can get in net for those final two with so much on the line. Yeah, by the way, I mean, it's not just Kempen, too. Let's not forget that Grant Stoneman's also going to miss the match because uh, picking up a couple of yellows, a red, means that he will be suspended on Wednesday night. So, you know, that makes it. He's played every single minute of the season up until the point where he gets sent off. So it's not just that you're missing Kempen, it's that you're missing Grant Stoneman. Now, we've also seen Joe Greenspan have to be replaced. He was the defensive player of the year in this league, and it's gone pretty seamlessly. I think we would agree. I, mean, I, I would guess the replacement is going to be Emmer Clementa for Grant Stoneman, but it just goes to show you again that you find yourself now with a little less depth. Man, I'll tell you, I, what, a, uh, what a brilliant signing. For as much as we've talked about Rubio Rubin and Alejandro and Miguel, I mean, the, the most – underrated signing Jordan might actually be Tarek Morad because he's been great and we don't spend a ton of time talking about the defender who was brought in here because he was overshadowed by the attacking players who have scored goals who have been on the USL starting 11 week after week after week Rubio Rubin again this week last week it was Alejandro Guido the week before it was Barry so you know but I mean what a Gosh, I don't know what it was that inspired them to go ahead and do that. If it was something with Zizo or if it was something that they just saw during training or opportunity. But, man, how lucky is Loyal right now to have Tarek Mora back there? Huge. It's absolutely massive to have him available right now. You feel so much better about having Mora. Like it, it, not yeah. only has it paid off in these previous matches, it, which it has, it's, it's paid off massively. He's come in. He's been so good on the back line. He's stabilized it because not having Greenspan's a big deal. It's easy to forget it because we haven't seen him on the field for a long time, but that's, that's a defender of the year that you're missing. So it really puts you in a position where you feel better about yourself in the final two. I just want this team in the playoffs so badly because anything can happen with this team in the playoffs. So it would be a disappointment, I think, from a league perspective almost. You want the best teams who are playing the best in that tournament at the end of the year and San Diego absolutely are playing as good as anyone in the league. So I hope there's a way that they get in. I hope they find a way to get in. They've taken us all the way down to the wire. No, no matter what, it's coming down to that final match in Phoenix, and then we're probably scoreboard watching a few days later after that. But for a first season, sign me up for this. I agree with you. I mean, you want to see more selfishly. Uh, we want to keep seeing the club play, uh, especially the way it's played of, of right. late. Um. I also don't want to see John Kemp in season potentially again. And I say potentially, cause I don't know, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just judging by you know, the way his Saturday night ended, you know, I would hate to, to uh, have seen a season end that way for a player who's been as great as Kemp and has. So uh, crossing the fingers here that, that uh, at least against Phoenix and, and then maybe even a little bit beyond, but I will say, you know, as disappointing Jordan as it would be not to make the postseason. 
especially how much fun this has been and how much drama there's been. And, you know, you can genuinely, you, know, you can sense how into it people are here. Uh, I also would tell you that I, I think that this sets a pretty damn good standard for us for what the club's going to be all about. Right. And, you know, I, I think that we had said that when things were uh, pretty low, probably at the lowest for the, the franchise in its early existence that, Hey, like, you know, just go out, like give everybody something to remember here. And, you know, though there's still two matches to go and nobody would tell you that, Hey, what's done is done. And they're, they're fine. Like they've done enough. No, I like, want more, but I, I think this is a pretty good standard for what to expect heading into season number two and beyond. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, excited to be at stone tomorrow night. We're going to be at stone. We're going to be at stone. We are going to be at stone. There was some talk we were going to go to Carson, California, but uh, as of Tuesday night, I have not had an update on that. I will tell you also, um, I don't know that you are or aren't aware of this. I have, I have arranged for some of this new gear that we saw today from SD loyal that they have created their own marketplace that some of that new gear may in fact be on set with us tomorrow night for match day live pre and post. How about that? I, um, I heard about this a little say on what gets to show up tomorrow. I don't know what you chose, but I'm pretty excited. There was definitely a few things that caught my eye. There was a handful of things that stood out amongst the rest in my opinion. Oh, did you place an order? Oh, did I place an order, Darren? It's uh, it's Christmas in <laughs> September. It's Christmas <laughs> in September, my friend. There's a lot I of like that. cool stuff out there. There's yeah, it's the, uh, the shop at SD Loyal. It went live on Tuesday. Um, yes, I, I've been waiting – for uh, as anybody who's a, a listener of the radio show knows, I'm uh, always trying to improve my Spanish. So uh, I I went with uh, one of the Spanish language shirts. So we'll see. I don't know. Maybe we'll be matching like a couple of dorks. We're going to look like the uh, Las Vegas Lights broadcasters who put on these clown suits to broadcast games. But uh, hey, whatever. Uh, I've been told there's some good stuff, and you can check out Those the shop, guys. Those I know it looks ridiculous. Those four guys are like required to roll around in glue and then get shot by a confetti gun, and it's their uniform. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the uh, the shop.sdloyal.com. I've got all sorts of stuff there that I've been scrolling through. Yes, and this is I agree. You don't look like uh, you don't look ridiculous. Like you're some Thank God. Uh, like Croatian wannabe weird shirt thing. I don't know what yeah. that is. So it's uh, the shop and it's open. So good for that, man. Like I said, I, I think, you know, I, I've just us being behind the scenes the way we have, gosh, I wish everybody could have could see some of the stuff that we've seen, but man, the future of this club is just bright. I mean, everything that we heard from what they were going to do with their modular stadium, now taking over what's going on with the shop and their gear. And as Jordan said, they're going to have a team store before too long. So stay tuned for that. Man, uh, what I know it's been challenge after challenge after challenge here in 2020, but they have really, really managed the situation well. Yeah, it's one thing for us to try to like analyze the situation and relay the message that guys, this is really, really good. This is this is going in the right direction. It's another thing to like for Miguel Berry, Alejandro Guido, for Morad to to come on, and for all these players to sign on late. It's not like SD Loyal had this light bulb moment. We're like, wow, these guys are pretty good. Like Miguel Berry, pretty good at soccer. Maybe we should uh, maybe we should try to get him. Like it, it takes kind of two to tango there. So yep. 
it's one thing for you and I to say it. It's another thing when Miguel Berry says it by signing here, you know? Yep. It's another thing when Alejandro Guido is willing to come here. It's another thing when Morad's willing, Rubio Rubin's willing to come here. You know, like it's, it's a little bit different um, yep. when that, that kind of says it even more than guys like you and I trying to relay that message. I'm excited for tomorrow. Uh, we'll be on 30 minutes before seven o'clock kick. So we're going to be on at six 30 before stone. So uh, beers will be poured well before then. I look forward to it. I am too. Like I said, all, I know what we're guaranteed. We're just guaranteed two. So, you know, from that standpoint, I'm going to enjoy the hell out of them and uh, hope for the best. Like I said, I, I, you know, I think it's, I think it's realistic the way they're playing, but uh, obviously, I don't know, being a, a, a being shorthanded, I mean, that's what I, I worry most about because, you know, we saw Austin Guerrero and we saw Jake Fenlison and I, I don't envy the coaching staff having to make this decision. No. If it's, um, if, yeah, I mean, if that's, you know, if that's what they have to choose from, I guess. Are you ready for our final segment and what is quickly becoming one of my favorite segments of the podcast, Darren? Um, before we get to the Bundesliga report from Tim Stoops, which is coming back tonight, we're going to get to the Bundesliga report. But uh, the what the fuck is happening with Barcelona segment is quickly <laughs> becoming my favorite segment. So, Darren, let me ask you the very simple question. The fuck's happening with Barcelona? Uh, well, you know, it's interesting because it'll, it'll lead in nicely to the Tim Stoops Bundesliga report since uh, it appears a bit of a tug of war between FC Barcelona and Bayern Munich. Ooh. In the Bundesliga, that Barca apparently, apparently, Jordan, as of this moment, uh-huh. has won the tug of war for American defender, oh. 19-year-old Serginho Dest. Wow. All reports indicate that Barca is going to land the 19-year-old who had previously been playing with Ajax. Now, there's a couple of days of looking at this. Uh, if you are a fan of the U.S. men's national team, you might say, wait a second now, Giovanni Reyna, uh, Christian Pulisic, there seems to be a really, really good pathway for young American players dating all the way back to Eric Winalda, that you know, young American players, there's a history here of playing in the Bundesliga, not necessarily for Borussia Dortmund or, or, or uh, as is the case with uh, Dortmund or Bayern Munich, et cetera. Uh, even just seeing Weston McKinney go on now and, and make his debut this past weekend with Juventus, having played in the Bundesliga. Um, as a fan of the club, I'm over the moon. I think this is super exciting. There's not been an American who is featured on a regular basis at FC Barcelona. They do have a member of their youth academy who's been with the club during the preseason, Conrad. So he has been there. He, he's well thought of. He, he's got a chance to be part of the, uh, the action here. So uh, that, to me, is the most exciting thing, that Serginho Dest appears to be heading to Barcelona, having chosen Barcelona over Bayern Munich, which doesn't exactly erase the uh, 8-2 curb stomping, but it feels pretty good, man. Luis Suarez uh, is going to move to Atletico Madrid. <laughs> So he gets to partner up with Diego Simeone. There's a little bit of conflict there. Ivan Rakitic off to Sevilla. Nelson Semedo, who got vaporized by Alfonso Davies during that Bayern Munich match. He transfers to Wolves uh, for a pretty good fee, too, about $40 million. And Arturo Vidal goes to uh, Inter, I believe it is. So 
Some of the older players, Suarez, Vidal, Rakitic, Semedo. Semedo, not old. But some of the players who, uh, who were part of the last couple of seasons are uh, shuffled out. Maybe a little bit more to come. And uh, Serginho Dest, who is really, really the guy that I wanted personally, he ends up, it looks like he will be the starting right back for Barca upcoming this year. So, again, now, as a U.S. men's national team fan, I understand that you might want that guy to go and play in the Bundesliga because the Bundesliga does a really, really good job with young players. But uh, to have a U.S., an American player playing at FC Barcelona, Jordan, I don't know. You tell me. You're impartial in this conversation. What would you prefer? What was the question at the very end? I'm still trying to get over the fact that Luis Suarez is going to Atletico <laughs> Madrid. I've spent the past few weeks like figuring out Lionel Messi to Man City, but it's Suarez who ends up leaving. Like I'm a yeah. little, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that a little bit. He's well, be as a, as goals a, against. Yeah, because we don't know that Barca can produce. I mean, a, a town. Now again, this isn't a traditional. Oh, he didn't go to high school here. You know what I mean? He's not from Pennsylvania. I mean, he grew up in Europe, so I don't know. I, I mean, I would tend to think that he's probably built for it. Plus the Ajax system, Ronald Koeman, the Dutch. You know, there's a lot there. You know, I, I don't look at this as, you know, he's some kid who they, uh, you know, plucked out of Texas, and now he's got to go to adapt to life in Barcelona. I yeah, mean, he's very much European. Yeah, he's a European. I mean, he, but he chose to play for the U.S. men's national team, so good for us. Yeah, but, he's not Hershey's kiss. I get it. Uh, absolutely. So I don't know. I mean, but as a as a U.S. supporter, hey, is first, it good? Is he going to play? It's the same treatment that you gave me when yeah. Christian Pulisic signed with Chelsea. I think Chelsea yeah, have been play. great for Pulisic. I think Chelsea have been better for Pulisic than Greg Berhalter has been with the U.S. men's national team. So well, just tell me, like, is Barca going to be good? For, yeah, they're, for yeah, they're going to play him. They're going to play him. Absolutely, they're going to play him. Does Berhalter right like Dest, or is, does he think Barcelona is not big enough for um, for his likings? What's the well, deal with that? Does, does Berhalter know who Dest is? Is probably the right question. Or I'm, you know, is he? Uh, he didn't grow up in Bakersfield, around? so I don't know. Is he is he sc- scrolling through MLS rosters to try to find his next right back? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think it leads to an interesting question about is Greg Berhalter the right manager? For a group of players who are playing for Dortmund, for Barca, for Chelsea, for Juventus. Are you see the right guy? I mean, he was hired out of MLS, man. Like, I don't know. Is he the right guy for this? I mean, it's Greg Berhalter the right guy. I mean, he's like, I mean, he's got like the peacock to blame now for not being. He's like, I can't watch Pulisic. What? Serginho Dest? I gotta I gotta pay for sling? I what can't are you talking pay for about? that. The US men's national team doesn't pay shit. You think I can afford Peacock? Does Alexi Lawless want Does he work for this league? How do I know what to do? Yeah. I mean, Alexi I mean, Lawless is where I take my cues. Is Alexi going to post a 60-second clip on Pulisic's <laughs> most recent performance? Because I need a scouting report on Pulisic and Dest. I hope Barca plays him. I hope he's great there. That's what I want. I also hope Greg Berhalter uh, learns about the internet so he can follow along with some of these players over <laughs> in Europe. <laughs> I think it's a real question. Now, qualifying is a disaster. I don't even know when they're going to get up and running here in CONCACAF. But, I mean, seriously, I do think that that's a really, really valid question is, do we know that Greg Her- Berhalter can manage players that are playing alongside Cristiano Ronaldo for Andrea Pirlo? Like, then all of a sudden, Weston McKinney's going to be like, What? Like, I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm playing in Serie A with CR7 and for Pirlo, and I got Greg Berhalter telling me what to do. 
I, I, mean, right, I Darren, don't know. I, Darren, I just, Darren, you walk into a pub right now in London. You see Frank Lampard belly up at the pub right now. You walk, <laughs> you walk over to Frank Lampard. You say, Frank, do you know who Greg Berhalter is? Tell me who he fucking manages. Frank Lampard does not know who Greg <laughs> fucking Berhalter is, you know? I don't know, uh, man. Yeah. I just – I think it's a very, very valid question. We don't know that he can – we know he can manage the much maligned Giassi's artists in Columbus – as we said off the top of the show, but Kenny, I can't, I, I think it's a, you know, all snark aside. I think it's a very, I would be thinking about that if I were us soccer, like, I don't know. I, this is, this is, this is ratcheted up in terms of where our young players are playing around the world. This is really, really ratcheted up in a short amount of time. I mean, does he know who Conrad De La Fuente is? Does he? Because like Barca does. Like, he's been in the Barca U system, but, like, how come he's never been part of the mix? Maybe know. he doesn't I mean, follow him on Instagram. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, all I could say, Greg, is, like, get them into qualifying, and at the first sign of trouble, sack him and find a better manager. Oh, please. Please. All right. Um, yeah, I'm really liking this new segment. This new segment is like, what the fuck's happening with Barca? Then it turns into shit on Burhalter. Yeah, and exactly. I'm here for it. I'm All right. Well, it. hey, we uh, our first match of the year upcoming this weekend against Villarreal. Uh, by the way, anybody who wants to come, I know there will be limited capacity, but uh, Serrano's, which is a downtown Serrano street tacos, uh, great margaritas. It's been the home for the. San Diego Pena, the supporters group. There's the Serrano's, Jordan, and Coronado. So uh, we're all getting on a ferry. We're taking boats to go watch Barca on Sunday, play at 12 noon. So we'll see you out there on the high seas Sunday morning. Fantastic. All right, I need a refill. Tim Stoops is back. Here's the Bundesliga report. I'm pretty sure he's about to tell us that Bayern Munich are going to win the Bundesliga again this year. Darren Jordan Dunk. here is your Bundesliga report from the newly constructed home office correspondence desk. Question eins, is Bayern still in first? Guys, please. Bayern pretty much wrapped up the league in match day one with an 8-0 thrashing over Schalke, resulting in Schalke's coach getting sacked. Questions why? And hey, I'm going to change this one up again because we had our American wonder kid who's now at Chelsea, but now we have the American Dream, Gio Reyna. So, questions five. What did the American Dream, Gio Reyna, do? Well, in the Battle of the Borussias, Gio Reyna scored his first Bundesliga goal. All right, in Dortmund's 3-0 win. We didn't have very many notable other American performances, but it was the usual cast of characters, John Brooks, Tyler Adams, Timmy Chandler, Josh Sargent, but we did have one notable debut, For Bayern, defender, 20-year-old Chris Richards got into the match late. His playing time is probably going to be determined by injuries or how often Bayern can beat teams 8-0. Well, that's probably going to happen a lot. And lastly, in the Toriagakanan tracker, we have Serge Gnabry of Bayern and Andre Kramerich of Hoffenheim each had match day one hat tricks, so they're at top with three each. And one last little observation, I was watching a German Cup match before match day one, and uh, it was a Hamburg match, and man, there's Bobby Wood still just toiling for Hamburg down in Bundesliga 2. So uh, let's see if he can get promoted this year. That's all for this week. Auf Wiedersehen! Bayern Munich, Bundesliga champions. But I'll be rooting for Dortmund this season. I always like rooting for Dortmund. Plus, you know, you got a good young American player, Giovanni Reyna, so go Gio Reyna.
Absolutely. Absolutely. By the way, did everybody like the Dortmund scarf on the scarf tree, our set there at Stone Brewing Liberty Station? We'll have to bust it out again since we're on a good winning streak there. The scarf tree continues to grow bigger and bigger each and every show. What are the rules on this scarf tree? Like, what scarves am I allowed to bring? I have a There are no rules. No we got rules. one more show left. We got one more show. We're going to drop all of our ordinance on this one. Really? Okay, because we have a Dortmund scarf that a listener gave us when back when we were at yeah. the mothership. That's what uh, I, I have one when I visited Florence. I mean, I know you already have one from the Pena, but I have mine from the Pena as well. I'm looking at an SD Loyal one. Um, I got an SDSU one. I got a Chelsea Champions League one that can be thrown on the scarf tree. Um, so we got a few options. So there's no rules. I can bring whatever I want. Yeah, I brought the Dortmund one last time. You know the only scarf that we don't have to hang on the scarf tree? The unnamed soccer podcast one. <laughs> we don't have one of those. It's like the only scarf that we don't have. <laughs> Listen, we gave them all away. We're very selfless. That's what we did. Yes, we did. We had a, uh, a plethora of scarves and we gave them all two away. Yeah. All right. Well, Darren, I will see you. Uh, I will see you tomorrow at Stone, 630 pre-match show, 30 minutes before the kickoff with SD Loyal. We're on the Facebook page and then we'll be back with the uh, post-match. Um, hopefully celebrating, hopefully slamming some beers post-match at Stone. You know, that's what I'm looking forward to. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. I like our chances. See you then.